Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. We have no Steve today. I'm Dan, Dan Valpone. I'm with Emily Cannell and uh, Drew Peltzman on the uh, production as usual. Emily, how are you? I'm good. I'm Thursday, which is almost Friday, so that's great. That is great. Um, We hate the Sixers, don't we? Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. Um, Steve isn't here, like I said, but you know, Steve always opens with a question and he sent one in. So on behalf of Steve, Emily, here's the opening question. Who is more likely to score next for Philadelphia? Trey Turner or PJ Tucker? The fact that that's even like a question that can like semi-jokingly be asked, like we would never say that about Joel or like Tyrese or a number of other people. I wouldn't even ask that question about Matisse Stiebel. Yeah, just, but the fact that that's like a question that you could be like, like baseball's not that far away I think that's like a just a major flaw in uh what the Sixers have going on right now yeah at least he's at least he's also really slow so it's good it's good yeah. uh and we spent a second round pick to get him indirectly um so everything is great with the Sixers and by great I mean horrible and uh you see stories online uh I know that I've seen multiple people talk about how they've, you know, they've watched the Sixers through all the awful years. And this is like the first time they're checked out on the Sixers. And honestly, like, I, I kind of agree. Like it, 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 they're so miserable. It's, it's, it's not the quality of the team. I mean, it's part, it is partly that because it's very frustrating to have watched this team lose at the same point every year. Um, it's frustrating to see how slow and lethargic they are and how they can tend to not move the ball and and how they seem to not play hard sometimes. I mean, by their own admission in game six, by Tobias's admission, weren't playing hard enough in an elimination game. And that's, you know, one thing. But it's like the style of play of this team in particular is just miserable and everything is painful. And they were a lot more fun with – with when they were playing with with everyone out with with Harden and Embiid and Maxi out that the team was was just more entertaining and I don't I'm like obviously I, we do this podcast so I have to keep up with the games but if we didn't I I mean I would be like pretty checked out I I, I turned the uh, Houston game on at the end but I, I I watched like the first half and I was like this is just another awful game and I turned it off and turned it back on for the end when it was close. Um, the Memphis game, they got smoked. So, I mean, like, what are your thoughts at this point? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's like going on with them. I don't think anyone does. I think if someone did, you know, you could get paid a lot of money to fix them. But I do, I think a lot of people, like I haven't met anyone who is like this, is excited for the Sixer season who was like excited to go watch them play basketball. The either style of play is not exciting. Nothing that they are doing is exciting. Nothing's inventive or interesting or, you know, fun to watch. The players just seem like 
a little bit checked out. Like even like there's been no like fun like post game comments. There's there's well there's been nothing to like celebrate. Like you know like there's no joy in this basketball team. And if they don't look like they're having fun, I'm not gonna look like I'm not gonna have fun watching them. Like I don't. They just need to like find the joy in this team somewhere. And I think maybe like skill and wins might follow that, but whatever is happening now is like kind of just like a slog to watch. It's kind of awful. Yeah. And I mean, I should, before someone yells at me, yes, they only lost by eight to Memphis. They were down 16 going into the fourth quarter. So that's bad. That's getting smoked. I think, um, whatever the, um, I mean, I agree with you. Like they're, they're not fun and they don't seem they don't seem to care it feels sometimes which which makes it impossible to like really be a fan like to you know I usually I mean even last year through all of the stuff that happened last year I was still like wanting to get down and see a game I went to so many games last year um and I've been to the season opener this year and I think that was it and like I was offered tickets at one point I like really good tickets like someone had an extra ticket and I was like eh, I'm kind of tired like I'm so checked out on this team and it's like when they don't when you don't feel the passion from them and feel like they care like how are you supposed to like how are when they don't seem pained after a loss like after they lose to the Rockets who were six and 17 coming to that game like Harden's out at a birthday party after he, you know, really played awful to end the game. Like, how are you as a fan supposed to invest yourself in that? And it's the same way I felt last year at the end of the playoff run, where it was like, I feel so miserable having just watched that. And I need to reevaluate, like, (laughs) what I've done. Like, I feel like I'm hurting more than they are. And that's not good. Like, that's like, why should I be all in on a team that doesn't seem to care? And I think that's an indictment on every player in the room. Maybe not. I mean, the the, the role players who, who played well with the stars out, they'll be absolved. But, like, that's an indictment on Joel. It just is. It's an indictment on Harden, 100%. It's an indictment of Doc, absolutely. And Daryl Morey for assembling this team. Like, I no one wants to say it whatever like they're they're missing something like <laughs> they're they're they don't have the energy the passion that like you can't it's not like you can't win that way and like that has to do with how the teams assemble their style of play is not very good um it, i don't know what i don't know i don't know what it is other than this core is probably just not a winning core like and that yeah so that brings the gm into it so i mean we can we can get to everyone i just mentioned but i want to get your thoughts on Embiid and harden to begin with because this season has been extremely lackluster from them you know obviously Embiid had that crazy 59 point game but i mean and he's still obviously a a very good player but that it it's been tough. Yeah. And I don't think it's like his play, like pure, like basketball, like dribbling, shooting, rebounding, whatever play. I think it's all of those like intangibles around 
his play, like his aggressiveness and his hustle and his like just ability to like take over and like recognize when that needs to happen that is missing this year. And I think it's been present more in past years. And um, in terms of Harden, I don't know, like maybe, maybe this team is a better team like without him. I don't, I mean, the team was like, the team was more fun when everyone was out. I feel like they played better before Harden came back. And now he's back and they look like shit again. Um, I don't think that's like a strictly Harden thing or maybe it's a coaching thing that someone better needs to figure out how to fit Harden into this team. But whatever they're doing now, it's not working. So that is kind of on Doc. Like it's, I think it's the coach's job to make the players that he has fit. And he's not doing that, like at all. And I get the like Daryl piece of it that he put these players together. But I do think that we've seen them work together. Like we've seen a Harden, Joel, Maxi. like we've seen it run well and we've seen them move the ball. Um, like even like those first couple games of Harden last season, there's been like a couple bright spots this season. But I don't know like why we can't consistently play like that. And I feel like that falls on coaching. So, yeah, I mean, the, the play style that was so successful last season was like Harden was passing the ball pretty quick in the possession and like the ball was moving. And, you know, when it got back to Harden, he was, you know, making things happen. But the whole have him stand around and, you know, figure things out. He's not good enough to do that at this point in his career anymore. And it's I, he, I thought he was actually looked really good to start the year. And I don't know, you know, you know, what's happened. Obviously he's only been back one game. And so we'll see what happens, but the team in general, just, they haven't clicked. And I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I don't, I don't like we've, we've said, I, I don't think that there's one thing to fix. I would love to be wrong about that. I would, I would love if there is one thing to fix and they figure it out and fix it, but everything seems to be off. And, you know, the hope is, you know, there is talent there and we've seen in the past, I mean, the Celtics last year were, when we talk about the Sixers 12 and 12, like, you know, as a disastrous start, which it is a bit, the Celtics were what, 24 and 25 or something like Mm -hmm. the Celtics were, were 500 way more than halfway through the season. And they ended up going to the NBA finals on a, on a run that I think surprised no one. Like they looked so good to end the year. Um, They got all the way up to the two seed after being 500 with 32 games left in the season. And the hope is, you know, there's a switch to flip like they did, but I don't see the urgency to find it. I don't see the urgency from doc to try new things. I don't see the urgency from management to look to replace doc. I don't see the urgency from the players to hold each other accountable and call players only meetings. You hear nothing about any of that. And it's like, who's going to step up and care? Who's going to step up and, and demand that something changes because this team needs a change. And I, I'm not sure that's in Joel's nature. I'm not sure that's in Harden's nature. I don't think it's in Doc's nature and Doc seems to have the backing of management and Daryl. So I, I'm not sure. And, and, uh, Daryl doesn't, and we haven't heard from him, but he doesn't really, 
like every, he tweets about all you know other nonsense all the time like he seems to have other things going on it doesn't feel like it's and you know maybe this isn't a fair judgment but it's from a fan's perspective it doesn't feel i'm not saying it's not but it doesn't feel do or die for him like it doesn't feel like he'll be crushed if this team just doesn't work out in the same way it doesn't feel that way for for everyone else really and it's it's frustrating because someone with the power to do so on this team needs to needs to create some change and there's lots of areas it can come from that i've listed before and it just doesn't feel like it's coming um with that we can ask this i think this was drew's question i like it it's very first takey uh we could disagree and agree at the same time on this one which i think is great who is the bigger blame for this uh 12 and 12 start would you say it's doc or would you say it's daryl I would say that it's Doc because, like I said before, and I mean, like you said, you could say the other thing and I would agree with all your points, but we have seen this team work. We've And the pieces that Doc, that Daryl brought in in the offseason, outside of, I guess, P.J. Tucker, um, like I think D'Anthony Melton, I think, that he's been like pretty successful on the Sixers. I think he's been like kind of like a fun, bright spot at times on this team and has seemed to like fit well into what they're doing and kind of can provide um, things that they're missing. The, the team has shown that they can work. And so the fact that they're not consistently doing that, I think that falls on coaching. So I would put a bigger blame on Doc. Yeah, I mean, all fine points. Don't disagree with any of them. Nature of the question. I'll take the other side for fun. Um, I mean, I don't think Doc is a top coach, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's like a bottom five coach in the league either. Um, this team is just slow and and checked out. And yeah, part of it's on the coach to motivate the players, but these are also professionals, right? This isn't a college team. These are guys making millions and millions a year. This is their job. This is their livelihood. There's a lot on the line. They should be able to motivate themselves. Um, and, and a lot of it comes from culture that, you know, that does fall on the stars, right? The stars building a culture like that where, where guys are all in. Uh, I would say in defense of Doc a bit, they played really well with guys out. Joel, you know, stuck up for him a bit, uh, which no one liked to see. Um, but you know, there's probably something there. I'm not saying I'd be sad if Doc were fired. I think they should fire him. But, um, you know, he probably, you know, there there are things that he does well, including, you know, getting the Sixers through a tough stretch. Um, they've been, they've, like, record-wise, I think are two and five when Embiid and Harden play, and, like, 10 and seven when one of them are out. I believe I saw that stat, which is pretty big of an indictment on those guys. And I would say an indictment on Daryl more so, right? Like the, where I'm getting at with this is like, you know, I, we're kind of at the point where I would rather have Halliburton than, than Harden. Right. And um, Halliburton's really looking like a star. And, you know, we, on this, on this podcast, we're, we're talking about how we wanted Halliburton last year. And, you know, we, we were saying, take him while he's there. This is a great player became available. He and other players <laughs> got traded for DeMontis Sabonis, who at the time, really was was you know considered 
to be a much worse trade asset than Ben Simmons was. Not now necessarily, but at the time, absolutely. And yeah, there might be some speculation now of like, oh, maybe the Kings didn't really want Simmons. I think that's a little silly. I think that they felt, you know, they waited pretty long to to make a deal. It seemed like they were holding out for Simmons. And, you know, when it came down to it, it was like they seemed to think the Sixers were going to get hardened, and that's when they made the move. Um, but Halliburton seemed to be there. That we heard, we heard interest with Simmons to the Kings the whole year. Sam Amick was uh, Sam Amick was on this podcast two or three times to talk about all of the Ben Simmons rumors. He's a Sacramento-based guy. He thought that you know there was absolutely something there with the Sixers and the Kings. Um, I just don't buy that that wasn't a possibility. Daryl went and got his guy who, and you know, I love I love Harden. I was happy with the trade at the time, but Harden was hurt. Harden had concerns in in Brooklyn. And like it's Daryl's job to be able to get the information on that. Like I was happy with the trade, but my assumption when the trade was made was, you know, Daryl knows something, right? Like Daryl knows that Harden's gonna be back to his old form. Daryl, he has an in with Harden and he you know, he has connections around the league and, and there's something that he knows that makes him feel good about that. That doesn't really seem to have been the case, or if it was, kind of seems like bad info. The fit hasn't been good, um, which is also on Daryl to, you know, find stars who fit, basically. Um, obviously, I agree with everything you said about Doc, too. Um, <laughs> but that'll be my, that'll be my, uh, my take on the other side of it, because I think there's so much blame to be shared between the two of them. Uh, really a, a fun podcast here. A um, <laughs> lot, of, lot of optimism in this one. Uh, with that, let's go to an ad. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're back from an ad. And I'm being told it has recently it has recently come to my attention that Tyrese Maxey has some new hair and is back at practice. And Drew, I would love it if you could pull up this hair for our YouTube listeners. Um, because uh, and for me as well, if I'm being honest, because I haven't seen it. Uh, and I would love if we could give our take on it. And all right, here it is. Okay. So he has, you know, a bit more of a, a fuller look, not braided. It's in a, now he could go back to the braids. I don't know. 
Uh, it's in more of like an Afro look. I think he looks very nice. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely, I think he looks adorable. I think that it would take a lot more to take him out of our number one from our most handsome rankings. I mean, that smile just doesn't quit. So I think he's still firmly in our number one spot, at least for me. I don't know if you have a different opinion, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't see how this would knock him out. I mean, I think he looks very nice. He looks a little older. Um, he does look older. He doesn't look quite as young. He's also, he's getting a little older. Um, but no, I think he, I think he looks very nice. So I'm glad we, glad we got to touch on that. The handsomeness of the Sixers is always extremely important to us. And uh, it's like a bright spot in the dark. It is. Out. I mean, Tyrese's handsomeness is one of the few things that we can count on not letting us down. And so, that. and so that's great. Um, so with that, let's get to some good news. The Phillies signed Trey Turner. It, was, it wasn't going to be Sixers good news. That's crazy. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll throw this in here real quick. The Eagles are 11 and one. That's great. The, 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 there's plenty of good things going on in Philly sports. Uh, the Sixers are not one of those things, but the Phillies signed Trey Turner. Um, and we obviously alluded to that at the, at the, uh, at the top of the podcast. Um, it was 11 years, 300 million. Uh, and he's a good player. It sounds like, you know, Gene will probably be gone and Turner will play short and Stott will go to second. What do you think? I mean, you like yeah, it? Yeah, I like it. I love that in baseball, you can just like spend as much money as you want. And so I'm happy that John Middleton is really spending that big tobacco money um, to get more good players to come to Philadelphia. I think it's cool that Trey Turner wanted to come here. Um, he left money on the table with San Diego. He wanted to play with Bryce again. Um, he said that he saw the atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park during the playoffs and thought that it was like a great place to play and like wanted to be here. So I think that's, really cool like good job by philly for making people want to play baseball here i agree it's nice when guys want to come here and uh he uh he's very good and like you said he left i think 42 million dollars on the table obviously some of that the difference in tax between the states but there it was in still... the grand scheme of like making 300 million yeah. like whatever but... i think this is close to home for him so you know it wasn't just the phillies but I'm sure, you know, he, you know, it wasn't any NL team. He wanted to come to, or any East coast team. I think he was happy to, you know, be in Philly. It sounds like, so all very good. Bryce has been great for recruiting. Not very surprising. Uh, guys want to play with him with that. Maybe the Phillies, maybe the Sixers should hang out with the Phillies more. Like the Phillies are a team that really like got it and like got yeah. the like fight and the playing for each other and the having fun and yeah like finding joy in the games like they have had everything that the Sixers lack like I think they need to like have like a you know like a crossover meeting like a crossover episode and kind of like learn something I mean basketball is fun like I I I, should be I mean how many like so many people myself included play basketball not to get paid and we're terrible at it and we just have a good time and these guys are phenomenal at it they're the best in the world at it, and they look absolutely miserable out there. And they're getting paid to do it, a lot of money. And I don't get it. Basketball is a good time. I, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, like in sports, it feels like teams that are like, yeah, team is fun to be winning, but it also a lot of times feels like having fun helps winning. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, Philly seem to be having all the fun. 
Sixers would definitely benefit from uh, enjoying some enjoying being on the court a little bit. At least, you know, showing some smiles and maybe Maxie will help with that when he comes back, get some maybe. smiles going. Because uh, maybe that can be contagious a little bit. So we have our predictions and standings uh, coming up. Emily, I'm going to let you take it away. Sure. So last week, Dan and Steve were unnecessarily optimistic and picked <laughs> two wins. So they went on two. Um, I was one and one because I thought that they would lose against Memphis. So me and Dan are tied right now at nine and 13. And Steve is one game back at eight and 14. So Steve sent us his picks. This there the Sixers now have like a pretty long home stand. I'm pretty I think they're at home all week. So and then they they'll have a long road trip during Christmas. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Friday they play the Lakers. Um and then I think Sunday they play Charlotte. And I wanna say Tuesday they played Sacramento. Um I think Friday they so, play the Lakers, Saturday they play Charlotte, Tuesday okay. they play Sacramento, all at home. Yeah, okay. So the Lakers and Charlotte are a back to back. Um yeah. So no, the Lakers and the Lakers and Charlotte are Friday, Sunday. Friday. So I was right. Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. But that's not a back to back. Well then you said I thought you said Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. I, might I, have, the first time. I misspeak all the time. It's possible. It's but Friday, no, it's, it's, Friday, it's Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. So a, okay. a day in between. Okay. So then Steve said in his picks, he said they're going to lose to the Lakers, beat the Hornets, and lose to the Kings. Um, my predictions, I think they're going to beat the Lakers. They just always find a way to beat the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers are very good. I don't think that – I think LeBron is old. Like, I just think they're not very good. So I'm going to say they beat the Lakers. Um, I think they beat the Hornets, and I think they lose to Sacramento. So, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both probable for Friday. So, that is relevant. Um, I'm going to say... Are either of them playing good right now, then? Well, uh, Anthony Davis has had a great year. I believe Anthony Davis dropped 55 and then the, yeah. either a game or two after he like got got, fl- got the flu. Got the oh, flu. Yeah. He got I sick, knew he so that's weakness. No, Anthony Davis has been having a very good year. The team is bad. They're 10 and 14. But they're getting some guys back. The Sixers are miserable. I'm just I'm not picking them. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm taking the I'm taking the Lakers over the Sixers on Friday. The Sixers are beating the Hornets. They are just horrible. The Hornets are terrible. And they are losing to the Kings. So they're going loss, win, loss. We'll have it be known that the Sixers have already lost to the Hornets this year. So Yeah, they can't they can, that can't happen again. <laughs> um let's see. So I think that's all we have. Emily, do you have anything else? No, not really. This has been like there hasn't been that much except there's been nothing fun to even talk about. Like yeah, it's I agree. These podcasts have been like short because there's nothing to talk about there's no like funny post game comments there's no like fun videos there's nothing like the social team has put out because there's no joy in this team there's nothing fun i haven't so, seen a furcon hype tape in forever oh like what i wouldn't give for a furcon hype tape these exactly days. 
but yeah, I've got nothing. All right. All I want to say is best of luck to Pitt Volleyball. Um, they are looking very good. They're right now, they're up as as we speak, they're playing. They're currently ahead in the fourth set. They're up two sets to one. If they win, they'll get in the Elite Eight, which is going to be played on Friday. So make sure you uh, give them a watch if uh, you'd be into that kind of thing. They are very exciting to watch, um, as is all of volleyball, really. It's a great sport. Um, We're now a volleyball podcast. We're just going to drop the Sixers and talk about volleyball. I, honestly, I would be a pit volleyball podcast. Those girls are <laughs> so fun to watch. They are they see they enjoy playing their sport um but yeah it's volleyball is awesome like volleyball is a great sport i recommend it um with that uh that's all we have there were only two games this week they both lost so you know why worry too much about it uh let's wrap it up um youtube is uh gastro blues pod a sixers podcast drew's always putting good clips on there can watch the full episodes on there please go subscribe follow third and girl on twitter da pulse 13 steve j Lippman, gastro blues pod on twitter that's all we got be safe and be great see ya to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today